Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to another episode of The Creator's Outlet, brought to you by our friends over at the Inked Marketing Team. If you need some extra help with your PR for your Indiegogo or Kickstarter, contact Kevin Gillette over at Inked Marketing at www.inked.marketing today. We want us to remind you that the award-winning series Loco Hero from Monty Michael Moore is back with issue two, now live on Kickstarter. To get your copy today, just go to Inked.pub forward slash local hero two. And we'd like to welcome our guests, Joseph A. Michael Donovan Peterson and Jeremiah Stemple. Welcome. Thank you. It, it, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's about a year. A long minute. <laughs> yeah, long minute. It's been a little over a year. So uh, <laughs> we get to talk a, a couple of months back at uh, at CromCon and uh, for a little bit. And uh, we've been. T- Joseph and I have been talking back and forth about, you know, about other stuff and be like, uh, and he's like, he goes, Hey, uh, you got a spot for us? I'm like, told you I did. Yeah. <laughs> Come on by. I've, I've, in, I've increased the number of shows I do a week. So I've always got time. We appreciate you having us, William. Definitely. So, uh, Introduce yourselves to uh, to everybody because now we're on a on a on the podcast. So uh, in case they they missed the show a year ago, uh, they can know uh, who you are and what you're doing. Jeremiah, you start. Yeah, um, I'm Jeremiah. I'm just here to fill that fourth box. That's all. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I I do for for Hero for Causes. I do a lot of the like, outreach to find us our partners and find the funding and stuff like that. I'm basically a professional beggar. That's, that's mostly that's basically my deal. <laughs> Donovan, <laughs> humility, humility. Uh, I'm uh, I'm the penciler uh, for Pathway One and, and now for Center Ice One. Um, some of the concepts I just uh, hang out with these two because they work really hard and it makes my lazy ass look like I'm doing something. So that's what I'm here for. You too, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay. We all know Joseph does all the work. 
So I do all of the work, and these guys just hang around. And, <laughs> uh, they're much too modest. Um, they do a lot more than, than they'll admit. But, uh, yeah, I'm the writer, um, producer, and, and publisher for Pathway and Center Ice and Heroes for Causes. So uh, the Heroes for Causes universe is kind of a universe that, that we started with Pathway, uh, Jeremiah, um, a cystic fibrosis-based superhero. And we just wanted to bring representation to kids with all different kind of um, diseases and, and conditions that kind of really weren't represented in comic books. So we started with uh, cystic fibrosis and now we're doing childhood brain cancer. And if, you know, we get lucky and get another nonprofit sponsor, hopefully we can expand even further. Hey Pops. What's up Pops? Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> I gave him a wrench so he can, he can link stuff in the chat. <laughs> he can do something. He only did two shows today. <laughs> I know he was he was live when I dropped him a, a message, so he must have got done with his stream. Yeah, he goes uh, like four to seven, I think. <laughs> so uh, the newest the newest book is Center Ice. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Okay, you got me already because I'm a hockey fan. <laughs> so we uh, see. So. Uh, um, tell us, uh, tell us the concept, concept, and uh, what the message you guys are uh, getting out with Center Ice. Well, Center Ice is for like a pediatric brain cancer. Um, the simple explanation is think like old school Shazam if you played ice hockey. I guess that's the short, simple explanation of kind of what the character is. Um, I'll let Joseph go to the longer, more boring. <laughs> So yeah, the challenge with uh, Center Ice, with Pathway, we kind of had the costume and, and the colors and everything from Jeremiah. Um, this time we were kind of starting from scratch. So, you know, it was Donovan's job to interpret uh, our meeting with the American Cancer Society and uh, the young man who we based this uh, comic character off of, um, Weston Herman. Um, he's 14, he's beaten brain cancer four times and he loves to play hockey. Um, so we got together with him and his dad and the American Cancer Society, and we uh, talked about what he liked, what kind of costume, you know, style and stuff that he liked, who his nemesis were, and, and we built those in. Donovan built those into uh, uh, comic book characters. Cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, my understanding is that he, he he wasn't a big comic book fan, right, Jeremiah Joseph? No. So yeah, we didn't have hockey. a lot of right. So we didn't really have a lot of uh, the typical, I guess, the groundwork, you know, like kids would be like, oh, cape or this or that, you know, that that's predicated upon by all these other characters that they're used to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we the, the three of us just kind of got together via messenger and we kicked ideas back around and um, one thing led to another for the overall design. And, and like Jeremiah said, it's, it's essentially uh, basing it a lot on the Captain Marvel where he, our character has a, an enchanted puck that grants him his superpowers, but only for the length of one hockey period. And that's it. So he has to accomplish a lot in that little bit of time. And as we're introduced to him, I think uh, he's, he's kind of getting used to trying to do more than he has time to do. 
if that makes sense. I don't want to give anything away, but that's that's kind of like his his background going to it is he has these powers, but he can only use, use them. You know, they're infinite powers, finite period of time. So I'm thinking uh, clutch play at third period. Right. Joseph moved. Listen, Joseph put a lot of hockey stuff in there. I'm pretty impressed. The, the problem is, as we were doing penciling um, to get the issues ready, get the issue ready was right during the playoffs. And sadly, I wasn't able to watch any of my Penguins play because I got so sick of looking at hockey players on my drawing board that I just kind of gave up. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, William, that was a challenge is because Sports and comics, you know, don't always mix or that's not the first thing people think of together. Mm -hmm. um, I think the closest has been like, uh, sorry, wrestling and comic books. There's been a lot of crossover between that. So you've seen a lot of good wrestling comics come out. Yeah. And uh, you've never really, I'm, I mean, there are a few, but not really a lot come to mind as far as like baseball or basketball or uh, football or hockey. So that was a challenge, right? We had to bring a, a comic book story to hockey where um, a hockey player might look at it and be like, oh, comics, great. <laughs> I like to play hockey. And that was that was probably our challenge with, with Weston. And also the ACSs, you know, they weren't coming to us as comic book fans. We were coming them to them as saying, hey, we're comic book creators. We want to do something special, create a, a comic book character um, to share this story of, of this true life superhero. And to do it in a way where we could impress people that weren't comic book fans or comic book people. So um, our contact, Laura at the ACS, you know, she was kind of introduced to comics for the first time through Center Ice. And Jeremiah can vouch for this, but I think that uh, once she started seeing the art and, and finding an appreciation for it, then she was like, oh man, you know, this is a world that I never knew about. I can't believe how detailed these drawings are. You know, she attended her first convention, comic convention, I believe. Jeremiah can go more into that. And just, you know, a newfound uh, appreciation for something that I guess she didn't even know existed or it's not something that's on your radar until it is. So. Yeah. I, I remember uh, when I was a kid, going back a few years before you, I think Joseph, but uh, there were, there were basically the comic book kids, the nerdy kids that would sit around and talk about Shaz the Shazam ISIS show uh, the Saturday morning cartoons, uh, what comic they got at their their local spinner rack that week. And, of course, back then we didn't know these things were ever going to be worth any money. So we used to fold them up, put them in our back pocket, jump on our bikes and ride to our friends' houses. And we'd swap books back and forth. We'd still get ours back at the end, but we'd be able to read all the others. Uh, and uh, then, then there were all the jock kids that you know, one particular sport or another, you know, either baseball, football, uh, hockey or basketball was there. It's like, that's it. And I had a little of, of both because I've been a diehard Bruins fan since I was about the same age as reading comics. Every time I would go to my uncle's house, he would always have the game on. So he taught me, you know, all the hockey stuff that I knew growing up and, uh, uh, basketball, we knew because my mother used to take me to scrimmage games of the Celtics and the Bruins every year. And I saw Larry Bird in his, in his like, rookie year play. And, uh, you know, apparently since Larry Bird left, 
I have no love for basketball anymore and don't care. But hockey, yeah, because I figure once in a while they'll get around the refs and 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 there'll be a glorious fight. Not like when Terry O'Reilly went into the stands of New York and started beating up spectators. But, you know, the memories. Uh, so ho hockey was, was big because, you know, I live in New England, obviously, and uh, we got a lot of snow when I was a kid. So there was, there was always hockey. And I taught my daughter hockey when, when she was little. And I had the little, the little soft hockey sticks and the, and the soft, like Bruin Bruins, like hockey practice ball, like, like uh field hockey ball thing. And, you know, we would play. And then when she got bigger, I had to buy her like an actual hockey stick and we would use like the field hockey ball. And we'd actually, you know, play in the backyard, just flip, you know, flipping it across the yard for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely down for this this hockey issue. So I, I, I don't know, Jeremiah and, and Donovan, if you guys were the same, I think that the period where, you know, kind of we all grew up, like nerd stuff was uncool or unpopular. I don't know about you guys, but I always got bullied as a kid. And I even played baseball and basketball, and I still got bullied. So uh, I guess I wasn't a popular jock or I was a, a fake jock or, or something. I never fit into that you know, that uh, click. I was always the nerdy comic book kid who could also play baseball and, and basketball. Same. I was playing in both oh, yeah. basketball, football, and baseball, and wrestling, and I still got made fun of because of my nerd stuff. I did zero sports. Zero sports. But we did, we were the, we, uh, me and my close group of friends, yeah, we were the guys, high, look, our high school art teacher was one of my best buddies, is Jacob, Jacob's dad. So we just hung out in the art room on lunch break and we did the same thing. We swapped comic. Well, we didn't roll them up by the time we were teenagers, but you know, yeah, we swapped the comics and, and now me and, and, and Jake, who's one of our collaborators, well, we, uh, there's times where we get a little irritated because all these people from high school come up talking about how, you know, Captain Marvel was always their favorite character or Spider-Man. We're like, screw you. You were never there. <laughs> I don't know if that makes us gatekeepers or not, but yeah, no, I get you. No, well, you know, I expect that in uh, in about six months, there's there's going to be all these people we know that uh, have never bought a comic book in their life, and be like, "Yeah, Moon Knight's always been my favorite character." Really? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Moon Knight. Exactly. What's right. his origin? Well, the one they showed <laughs> the one they showed on TV. No, no, it you're wrong. Uh, that's that's. Right. I don't care how or when people get into comics. I just want them to get into comics. Mm -hmm. And there's more and more people, you know, coming in. And uh, I mean, you know, we would we would talk and, you know, how 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 bad uh, manga is making, uh, you know, Western comics look. But uh, I think what I think uh, a couple of what used to be big names in the business are just making themselves look bad. And, you know, they're just oh, I don't want to get into that, but. Um, manga, there's something for everybody. If you like golf, there's like 37 mangas about, you know, going out and playing golf. This manga is about fishing and cooking. And you're like, oh, fishing's boring enough. That's why we bring a cooler of beer with us on the boat. And, and then you start reading and you go, wow, 
I kind of like this. Before you know it, you've got 32 volumes uh, that you read about some fictional characters that go fishing. And you lost, and it, it took it took you up, and it gave you that escapism uh, that regular comics used to give everybody. Like a, a what is it? Walk through the one with like a martial arts cooking competition, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, Will, William and Jeremiah. I mean, your your daughters both they illustrate and they both prefer the the manga style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know if if it's uh you know a whole shift in the generational thing. I mean, I, I hope we don't lose touch with the the Western comic book style because. You know, that's kind of what we grew up with and, and what we love. But we also have an appreciation for all kinds of art. So, Yeah, I, there, there's, been, there's been a big swing, but there's a, there's a swing in like every generation. Because if your parents think comic books are cool, you're not going to want anything to do with comic books. Because <laughs> it's bad enough I'm a nerd. Do I have to like the stuff my father does? It, no. And, you know, so I, I think it's the thing that, you know, you gravitate towards different, you know, different things, you know, as as much as, you know, in the 70s, a bunch of us kids would would still actually love Elvis if for nothing else, the the, the movies with the pretty girls he made. And, you know, we all loved the Beatles, but uh, we, we were didn't we wouldn't tell our friends this at school. Uh, because we were too busy listening to, you know, Kiss and, you know, a bunch of these other, uh, now they call them glam bands. I'm like, oh, don't kiss, I'll kiss a glam band. Okay, there, there was that one disco-y song, but, uh, you know, it was still their number one hit. Uh, you know, so it's, it, you know, every generation goes like a, a different way, I think, with, with pop culture. And you know, I got it. I got into uh, I got into anime, and uh, my first anime, my first the first two animes I ever watched, I still love to this day, which are Ninja Scroll and Akira. And I think I own every new version of Akira that they put out. Nice, but I don't have this one. It's it's in 4K. You have double stigmatisms. Can you even see the 4K? No, but that's not the point. I have a I'm throwing Vampire Hunter D in there too, Will. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Some, somewhere, both, I, both of them. Yeah, the the first one somewhere I've got like an 18 inch tall uh, figure of, of Vampire Hunter D that I paid way too much money for, but I still have it. So can we talk about uh, maybe? The recent generation not knowing that a lot of the movies and stuff kind of found their origin in comic books. Yeah, uh, there's so many movies out that you know. At first, I didn't even uh, back in the day. I didn't even know Bulletproof Monk was a comic. I'm like, dude, you know that's a comic, right? I go, it is really. <laughs> Who put it out? Oh, no wonder why I haven't bought anything from that company. Do you have any back issues? Yes. Okay, I'm going to buy them all. So I bought them all. And I read them. And of course, the comics were better than the movie. But the movie was still entertaining. And I still own it. But, you know. 
Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even know where I read it at, but I, I was talking to my local comic shop owner just a couple weeks ago, but there, there's a huge uptick in back issue sales, you know, and yeah, some of it's speculated, but I think a lot of it is, is the movies, you know, whether it's people like me that have collected forever that just want to go back and get some key issues we missed, but hopefully some of it's trickling down. My, uh, I know my 18 year old's into comics pretty big and he's, he's kind of a fairly last couple of years convert. You know, he just set up his own pull box and everything, and he's going back and collecting some of those back issues too. So I, I'm kind of hoping that that's what's happening, and they're going back and rediscovering those uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The the stories that they were based on, and and, and like you said, well, yeah, they're, the story – like the Infinity Gauntlet, the, the, the story is so much better than what the movie was, and the movie was good, but the the it wasn't all-encompassing like Infinity Gauntlet was or yeah, even no. Infinity War. Yeah, not, not, they can't do justice to any of those things. I mean, it, as as much as I uh, I like seeing the the cheesy version of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW, um, of course, my the the entire highlight of that special. Okay, two highlights. the The main highlight is is uh, Marv Wolfman showing up asking for superheroes autographs. Uh, and the second one was at the very end where uh, apparently Gleek has busted out of this cage. <laughs> and they, they played the they played the original one of the original uh, Super Friends cartoon themes at the end and, and, and went out. But I'm like. You should see my 18 year old's face when I got to point out to him that the TV show Lucifer is based on comic books. Oh, yeah. It's uh, there, there's wait. Yeah, wait. no clue. Wait, wait until this new generation starts watching uh, Sandman on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Then you could, we can all sit in the corner with like a couple of old issues of Sandman. Be like, what's that? Go, oh, I'm reading the actual story that you're watching. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite story is we were set up at a small convention at near Akron University. And uh, there was a kid, this was about seven or eight years ago, there was a kid, I think the most recent Captain America movie had come out, uh, running through with the Captain America shield on his shirt. A group of friends are around him. I was like, oh, cool, you like the Captain America comic book? He goes, well, it's a comic book. <laughs> I'm like, man. Oh, my God. He was a college-age kid, so you'd think, come on. And uh, just no, no connection, so. Do, do, hey, it, do not give the college kids any credit nowadays, because. Listen, that kid in that kid's defense, about four years ago, we I was standing in line at the Dark Horse booth at San Diego. Hey, oh, good and sense. this and this uh, this girl walks up asking what we were standing in line for, and we're like, Well, it's an exclusive comic from Dark Horse. And she goes, Well, what's Dark Horse? And I go, What do you mean what's Dark Horse? I go, Do you know where you're at? And I'm pretty sure she got in on a friend. <laughs> What is that move? That's, is that a wrestling move? <laughs> wait, wait. I, I think I need that to put my ring on. Getting back. into comics for whatever reason they do. Oh, or whatever. But uh, like that's you know, one of the reasons why we're trying to do what we do with our comic books is to get you know, younger kids who never had anybody to identify with, someone to identify with. Yeah. I mean, that might be a big thing, you know, Will, you, you talked about, uh, you know, manga, if you, want, if you want a manga in uh, golf or a manga in cooking, you know, you can find a manga or an anime that's related to that topic. So, you know, with Heroes for Causes, we wanted to explore, 
you know, cystic fibrosis superheroes. No one was really doing that. And, you know, uh, pediatric brain cancer superheroes and uh, hopefully sickle cell and, and multiple sclerosis and other stuff, uh, you know, diseases like that. So if I think if someone has something to identify with in a comic book, you know, maybe that'll be more real to them. You know, and if we can uh, share these stories of these true superheroes, inspire kids that are sick and not feeling well and let them be a superhero for a moment, then, you know, we're, we're doing our job. Yeah, I mean, the only thing we could, like, when we were looking, the closest we could find was either, like, people doing educational ones that were aimed, that felt like they were aimed at, like, five and six-year-olds, but were just strictly education. Or, like, heroes where it was like, yeah, they have the disease and mention it once, and then it's never really a thing again. So, yeah. I mean, we didn't want it. We wanted that, you know, that them having this to be the thing. Yeah, it's, it it doesn't make sense to, you know, mention it once and then it doesn't affect them for the rest of the story. Right. Yeah, we saw a lot. I, I mean, I even worked on it myself, you know, like awareness comic books. And it was talking about, you know, some uh, disease or something like that. And that was great. But the whole script ran as just, uh, you know, uh, driver's oh, ed. A driver's ed Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a boring read, you know, it was strictly educational. So, you know, uh, thank goodness for Donovan, you know, he's that connection with, you know, uh, 80s and 90s comic books. We wanted that retro feel, so we threw it back to Todd McFarlane's Amazing Spider-Man um, and even the Spider-Man run, just that lighthearted, you know, entertaining value. And, and people don't want to get hit over the head all the time with, you know, this disease is terrible and, you know, it's, it's, you know, ruining lives and, 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 and hurting families. People don't want to hear that. Um, but if we can show them an entertaining view of a character that's overcoming that, and then also if they can read between the lines and, and learn more about that disease and it grows awareness, then, you know, we're doing our job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's tough. I, I know I, I tagged, a, I tagged a friend of mine. I think I mentioned to him. I think I mentioned you too. Uh, Donovan's frozen streak has affected my my vocal padding. Uh, Listen, it's, there's thunderstorms all around Vegas. That's what I'm blaming it on. I'm like, <laughs> well, I can never uh, tell if Donovan is frozen or if it's just his normal blank stare. It's it's tough to tell in, until you knock on the on the panel and it he doesn't move. It's uh, it's really good that you guys are are doing this and you're bringing, you're bringing awareness to, you know, various diseases and uh, you're bringing, you're bringing some entertainment to it as well. So, you know, there's, there's a way for people to, uh, to get behind it and, uh, and donate to the, donate to the cause to uh, help end these diseases and uh, to uh, get a little bit of education and entertainment all, you know, all at the same time. It's it's definitely a, a totally different aspect. Yeah, that's that's when the education part during the story. We try to keep it a little on the subtler side. So if somebody mm -hmm. wants they're like, oh, well, we want to support it, but we don't want to, you know, just get educated. We want the story. They can focus on that. And at the back, we do a more in depth part of the education aspect of what we went into. So they're both there, they're both there, but kind of separated. Hey, Brian. Yeah, you, you, you're you're getting it all, and uh, I know uh, conventions are back. I know Donovan and Joseph must be thrilled. Uh, <laughs> Joseph must be realizing, oh, deadlines and conventions, wonderful. <laughs> uh, 
that's a hard thing to balance. <laughs> oh, I know. It's you know, it's 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 getting crazy because I know uh, this weekend up here we have Terrificon. Uh, I will not be there because they will not drive me all the way to Connecticut. They still think I'm just going to the casino. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, with what money? Uh, but I, I have a, I have a bunch of friends that are going to be there, and uh, I I should be covering Rhode Island Comic Con again uh, this year for Outright Geekery, and uh, prob probably a couple of uh, one day one day uh, cons like one one hit wonders. Right, Donovan? Like that one show? Uh, Black Label Comic Con. There we August go. 14th. <laughs> Where? Uh, Philadelphia somewhere. <laughs> in Philly. Somewhere. Listen, just, I'm flying just, into the airport and getting picked up. That's all I know. That's all just, I know. Just Eric ask Cooper. people. <laughs> yeah, I've also got a, a little little Miller one I'm doing August 28th in Orlando called MyCon. Uh, Mystic Con. Mystic Con. Good. Cool. Uh, you'll have to send me the info on those uh, so we'll get them up. We'll get those uh, conventions up on the pages. And the Florida one, I will make sure to contact our friend Danny Morales over at the Collective in, in Orlando and uh, and let him know to, to keep an eye out. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll try to send him your way because he's got one of these show things and uh and maybe the store can uh can help get this uh this book up on on their shelf as well that'd be cool so i know right now uh spinner ice is going to be on all of the american cancer society in their in their like retail stores which is like 40 or 50 of them across the country nice as well as on our website and the conventions and all that stuff yeah if yeah. anyone's if anyone's interested, you know, we're all volunteers, the three of us. And then, you know, we hire out for anything that we can't do cr creatively. Um, but, you know, the goal with this is to not raise any money for ourselves, is to raise money for the causes that we represent. So obviously the first mm -hmm. one was uh, cystic fibrosis and um, the foundation was Colton's Legacy. And they uh, purchase expensive medical devices for kids with cystic fibrosis. So we were able to raise a bunch of money for them. And now with the American Cancer Society, um, raising money for their gold together initiative. So that's what we're here for. And, you know, obviously we need to help spread awareness. And if we can get some invitations to some conventions where we can get our books out, you know, they're free with any donation to the cause. Um, that's how we operate. And then, you know, we'll have some exclusive uh, limited editions and stuff like we did this pathway one. Ooh, the shiny one. Yes. <laughs> the hologram one. Uh, those are for the collectors and, and that'll help fund our, our future uh, issues of Pathway and, and Center Ice. Now, is is, uh, is Center Ice going to go the way of uh, a, a crowdfunder for the uh, collectors? Uh, we actually didn't need the crowd crowdfund it. Um, ACS was able to pretty much fund all of it um, in conjunction with a few of their sponsors. Wow, very nice. Yeah, we got lucky. They, they have some good supporters. Um, and actually, we were in touch with Akron Children's uh, out of Akron, Ohio, and they were thinking about piloting us for six brand new books for an entire year. Um, but wow. with COVID, their, you know, their funding was, was short and stuff. So we're supposed to go back and give them another pitch in 2022. And then we'll have the Sunrise Project under our belt. And hopefully we'll have some, you know, funding reports back how much we raised for the ACS. And then we can take that to them and say, Hey, you know, this is the impact that we had for the goal together program with ACS. 
here's the impact that we had with uh, Colton's Legacy Foundation for Cystic Fibrosis to kind of make it more concrete. Because everyone that we get under you know, our belt is a little bit more credibility. Um, I think that our uh, the quality is improving. I think you know quality was there in Pathway, but we brought uh, you know publicists on board and then a couple editors on board for Center Ice. Um, and February, our colorist did a phenomenal job. I hope that everyone will agree when they see the covers. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and Donovan's just getting sharper with with his pencils and stuff. So I hope that it translates and we continue to roll. <laughs> and of course, you know, if, there, if there's any millionaires out there looking for a charitable cause. <laughs> Or yeah, widows definitely. of millionaires. <laughs> True. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in that case, uh, I'm up for adoption. <laughs> and I'm us newly too. available. <laughs> <laughs> All of us are up for adoption if there's a widower out there that, you know, has has billions burning a hole in, in their pocket. So, uh, Joseph, do you have... Uh, some images from center ice that you want to share yeah did i can i message you those on facebook yeah sure okay let me do that um i'm still getting used to the the stream yard sharing and stuff so yeah i can do it over that's no problem okay we couldn't so we did a, a stream the other day um and we couldn't figure out uh how to the host kind of figure out how to blow up the images to share with the, with the, with the cast. Um, yeah, I think I can, I should be able to do it uh, over on Facebook. Well, while he's figuring that, I will say that, um, you know, anyway, who does want to support directly to the American Cancer Society for this, it's cancer.org slash center And that goes directly to them. Cancer.org slash forward slash center ice. Correct. Dell only a couple images. I'm I'm not gonna give you any spoilers, <laughs> but some of these I do want to share. They're a little spoiler heavy. And, and I will we tell you, we do have a variant cover. We're just not gonna show it until closer to release time. And uh, when are you guys releasing this one? It's going to print tomorrow. Uh, so we should start seeing the books in about two weeks. Cool. Who are you uh, using for a printer? Comic Impressions. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we worked with, uh, with Rich before, uh, did a phenomenal job with Pathway. Um, and yeah, we, we linked them up with the ACS and they were able to get them on board as a vendor or whatever. So it just streamlined the whole process so they can just, you know, funnel the money back and forth between them. The printing gets taken care of and then, you know, everything gets checked on the, the American Cancer Society side. So nice. But ideally we want to touch as little of the money as possible. That it, it's not about us making anything. So yeah. we try to touch it as little as possible. You just, you just want to touch the books and get the message out. Exactly. Donovan touches the books more than anybody, but he's drawing them and possibly doing some remarks on them at conventions. So that's a that's a good point you raise. We we have to find a, a way to funnel all the autographs 
onto yes. each book without shipping them in all different directions, you know, because we're an international team, right? Donovan's in Vegas, Jeremiah's in Florida, I'm in Ohio. Our colorist is in Asia. And then um, uh, our letter and our anchor are from uh, Europe. So uh, we just need to find a way to, <laughs> to share the autograph love on each book, and then we distribute those at shows. The more Donovan you need to get real good at copying each of our signatures. That's all. <laughs> but not. I know a guy. You know a guy? <laughs> it's yes, Vegas. I know a guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's on vacation for three to five years, but he, he might be out soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what's left out of the 20. <laughs> One day, it's not forgery if we gave you permission. <laughs> One day, it might be looked at as, hey, you know, that's a big offense. But right now, really, who cares if someone's forging uh, comic book writer autographs, right? <laughs> so, someone really wanted to do that for my autograph, I, I give them permission. <laughs> oh, you're, you're probably triggering like a half a billion people in the comic book world right now. <laughs> It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, but again, we're giving but we're giving them our permission and work because we're nobodies. If we were like big names or our signatures are worth something, we probably wouldn't say that. Yeah, true. Tom McFarland probably won't appreciate that. You're probably giving a bunch of CGC clerks ulcers right now, though, Joseph. <laughs> Good. Right. <laughs> See, I don't have a problem with grading a comic. It's just the fact that how are like all these hundreds upon hundreds of people that grade books on a daily basis, all grading them exactly alike? That's a good point. And uh, they have guidelines they have to follow. Yeah, I have I have guidelines. If uh, you have a good day, you could be like, oh, nine point eight straight across the board. If you're having a bad day, eight point well, five uh, straight across the board. Uh, apparently. Uh, I, I've heard I've heard people say, "Hey, if you want a higher grade, uh, make sure whatever company you're using that you pay them to clean and press the book before they grade it. Then you're guaranteed a better rate." They go, "Oh, so they're getting more money." I'm I'm still wondering why uh, you know what what makes it what what not bribery. What yeah, and, and what exactly is the is the premise behind uh oh what was it? Um why do they get ten percent of fair market value of the book you're paying them to grade? And it's taking the same amount of time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. So, so they can I mean, get more money. I'm like what what gives them the right to reach into your pocket? It's not even, you know, granted, 98% of the people that are grading books are all flippers. All flippers or dealers or shops. Uh, but the majority of the fans are all grading these things so they stay in that condition and they've got proof that, hey, it's blah, 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 blah. And, you know, um, I mean, 
I didn't even know I bought one when it came out, but apparently I have a new Mutants 98. Uh, never read it. It's just been sitting there in a bag and a board for X amount of years. Nice and flat, pristine. And uh, I'm like, why do I have to give you 10% of fair market value? And of course, they charge the 10% after it's graded. He goes, well, a graded version is worth about two grand. So you owe us this. <laughs> but I bought so it for now, $1.25. So now I actually have to sell the book in order to pay you that. That's not fair. I don't want to sell it. I want to keep it. That's an incentive to grade it higher. I mean, you know, if, if that's if that's the case, I can, you know, I I should just, you know, start my own grading service because you know, that way I can afford to, you know, do stuff. That's interesting. You know, we all started reading comic books, you know, because we wanted the entertainment value and yeah, part of the whole industry shifted to the, the collector's market. And, and Donovan alluded to it, you know, when a new movie comes out, everyone wants to go pick up the back issues of whatever key appearances or first appearances or old issues of Moon Knight, you know, will be popular when, when Moon Knight comes out. Um, so part of it's media speculation. Uh, I don't know how much of it's reinvigorating the, the comic book readership. We hope we hope it is, uh, or at least they remember what a comic book is. Yeah, they remember what a comic book is. I don't think it's uh, – I think maybe it's like 50-50, uh, you know, getting people to go back and read stuff. And and the other half are just flippers that will buy any – you know, WandaVision came out, and you couldn't keep anything that was – that had Wanda and Vision on the cover, like, on, on the shelf. People were, like, driving into stores and hordes and buying all these like out of their dollar boxes, putting them up on, on Facebook auctions, starting the price at like $5. I'm like, wow, that's like a furniture price hike. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, and, you know, I, I, I sold a few. Of course, I've been going through 150 boxes trying to find that uh, issue of West Coast Avengers where he first appeared as White Vision that was going for $100. And eventually I just gave up. But it turns out I have about two and a half long boxes of uh, of Dark Horse. That Star issue? Oh, no, no, not of that issue, but of Dark Horse Star Wars comics and stuff. I have I have an entire short box full of the uh, the Uncanny X Men uh, versus the Teen Titans issue, though. It's it's that a lot of people have that one book that every time they see it brings you know floods with such great memories that you're like. I know I got it. I don't care. I'm going to buy this and read this copy again. And that's, that's what I do. Matter of fact, that's, that's actually my screensaver. Very it's, nice. It's crazy, but yeah. All right. Uh, I sent you, sent you the images. Did you get them? Will? let's see. Yes. Okay. Let's, uh, the first one's a cover. And then uh, the other ones are a few uh, pages from the, the story. So that is our cover without the masthead, the logo and stuff. 
Nice. And that features center ice. And then goalie is the villain, uh, our robotic goalie. Um, Weston, when we talked to him and his dad, we said, well, what's your, what's your main nemesis? Because with pathway, you know, the main nemesis of someone with cystic fibrosis is smoke and, and irritants and, and pollution. So we made a, a character that embodied that. So, uh, Weston, he said, goalies are my main nemesis because he loves hockey. So we uh, paired him with a, uh, evil robotic goalie in this, in this book. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, okay, he's activated his power because. Because, yeah, hey, right through his hand. Good. <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's not fair. <laughs> so in the bottom left-hand corner is Mr. I, and Mr. I is the evil scientist behind Goalie. And uh, one of the challenges we had was we talked to Weston and, and his dad, and they said that uh, the technologies they use to treat kids with, um, you know, pediatric brain cancer is so outdated um, it's from, I think, the 50s and the 60s, some of the drugs that they use still, and the MRIs. So we kind of made Mr. I uh, the embodiment of outdated technology. So Goalie, even though he looks kind of fearsome, is made with a bunch of different pieces and parts, you know, that are decades old. So uh, it's kind of like a, a retro throwback. Well, the evil vessel just reminds me of Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik, also uh, Wiley yep. uh, from Mega Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all the same guy. They just, <laughs> they just give him a different suit to wear. Oh, different book. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Go the other way. Way to sneak that one in, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, that's the one you've been asking me questions about. Huh? <laughs> Lunacy coming out in fall 2021. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the last page. So, yeah, what we did was, you know, a challenge was to bring in hockey into a, a comic book, which those, you know, genres don't really mesh well. But we think that we did it in a way, you know, after some uh, team brainstorming that made it, you know, kind of fluid um, to the, the comic book medium, but also hockey. So, you know, you don't want to do an injustice to, you know, these the sense of topics that we're covering, um, you know, pediatric brain cancer and cystic fibrosis, but then also, you know, a sport that's pretty core to our comic book and and the person that you know, inspired our comics. So, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you, you, you just, you scored big with the third panel on me. Uh, <laughs> you, you smashed the boards all the way around. So I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, that's the, that's like some 1980s, like hockey fight stuff. <laughs> that is, Props to Donovan. Yeah. That came out great. I only draw what I'm told to. <laughs> I I got a I got a little I got a little nervous when I saw the when I kind of like saw the swords come out of uh, the goalie's arm. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> not fair. <laughs> you know, it's like all I can think of is like swords and the ref blowing the whistle two two minutes for slashing. And uh, man, wow. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, by the time you get to that point in the story, you see that Goalie and Mr. I have been playing a little unfair themselves. So, Center Ice kind of evens the. If you look closely right there in that second panel, the swords are hockey sticks. To begin with. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, they start out they start out as hockey sticks, and then when things get really unfair <laughs> and really heated, uh, he drops the the gloves, and uh, they become something else. 
Oh, okay. This is pretty cool. So they become what, sabers what? from Buffalo is what they become. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> well, it's better than penguins from Pittsburgh. Oh, that hurts, sir. That hurts. Well, you know, you want to you wanna talk about the one thing I can't stand to see in hockey? Uh, Crosby taking another pratfall. <laughs> Ow! There was nobody around you. Stop it. I think my connection's getting a little weak there, Will. I, I didn't quite hear any of that. <laughs> the, 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 the pictures I would love to show you, but we don't have on us at the moment, Will, is all of the Lightning players that have gotten their picture taken with the kid we based off of, Weston, showing him love. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, uh, Weston, you know, he's, he's a, a mini celebrity of sorts, you know, in the Tampa area down in Florida. And uh, thank you, Rogerio. Um, we, uh, you know, we wanted to keep this true to him. So he has a whole editorial page in the book. And then he also has fans of his that have followed him through his career and, and his, his battle with all these different, you know, times he's faced brain cancer and overcome it. So like Dick Vitale and, um, you know, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've kind of followed Weston's story and they have quotes in the book. So, you know, that's something that uh, fans of hockey also, also appreciate is they get to see um, – people that are larger than life, you know, actually show uh, that they're fans of this, the super superhero boy that's 14 and, you know, what, what he's done in his lifetime overcame brain cancer four times and still plays competitive hockey is, is nothing short of amazing. So that's the story we want to share with other kids that are feeling down, inspire them, you know, that they can, they can overcome anything. They can do whatever they want to, if they put their mind to it and, and they find that, that power within to overcome it. So that's, that's a message we want to leave with everybody. Well, that, that's very that's very cool that you get uh, some of the players from the uh, from Tampa Bay to do some stuff like that. That's awesome. Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of Tampa Bay. I can't imagine why. Um, I I do have family down in Florida that are fans of Tampa Bay and other you know as, as we call them you know your your friends in the comic communities you know they're comic family. So a bunch of my comic fam uh, loves it whenever Tampa Bay beat, beats my Bruins as if I own the team. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's very cool. Now, what are the, uh, in the, in the book, what did you guys name the, uh, the two team, the two opposing teams there? Oh, Joseph Rose. No, right. you had, you had uh, your mic you off. I thought you were getting ready to answer. I know, there you go. I was going to say, uh, we did uh, the Sparks, and then the what was Vegas's? Challengers. Challengers, yeah, yeah. So we did the Sparks and the Challengers, clearly Tampa Bay, and then we went with uh, the Knight. Well, the Challengers. <laughs> Almost got some legalese there. Sorry, guys. I'm going to oops. I'm gonna hit the mic again so I don't say. <laughs> hey, no, yeah, I, I used inspired to drive a Challenger. By... That's cool. Yeah, and then uh, you know the the color scheme is inspired by the teams, and uh, and actually the outfit for Center Ice is based off of Weston's hockey jersey. Um, he has like a dark blue gray hockey jersey with gold accents and number twenty two. So you know that's all inspired in in the character that that Donovan interpreted. So that that is very cool. I mean, you you but, guys do uh, do great work, and this is you know it. Obviously, another another terrific cause. 
Uh, everybody knows the word cancer. Everybody hates the word cancer. Yeah, and, you know, uh, my, my mother beat breast cancer. My uncle beat colon cancer. And then 12 hours of pop, my uncle and my mother passed away. Uh, my mother ended up uh, at the end on top of complications of all kinds of other stuff. Uh, had thyroid cancer. And my uncle uh, passed away of uh, stomach cancer. So it's like, but you went away. But, but we're back. I'm like, no. My, gr my grandmother, when I was 11, uh, she passed away from cancer. It was like all through her body. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a friend of cancer. So I, I have a hockey stick in the other room. I will pick it up and, and swing cancer. for cancer a bit. <laughs> Literally. I like that. Swing for cancer. If anyone's listening, uh, PR-wise and, and wants to integrate that into center ice and hockey, swing for cancer could be a thing. Yeah, by all Call means. Call dibs on that hashtag with center ice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hold my hockey stick up over my head. You can take a picture of my hand holding it. <laughs> of course, it'll, it'll, it'll be in front of some, uh, you know, starting lineup figures from, uh, from <laughs> the Bruins. Uh Probably my probably my Bob my big Bobby Orr statue or something. It's uh it's interesting that you mentioned you know uh, family and, and fandom. Uh, Will with uh, the Bruins and you know your your fan, family or friends down in Florida, um, and how we become part of that team of the city that that we live in essentially, and we feel the pain of the losses of that team, and you know we feel the victories of of the championships and the wins and and. Mm -hmm. A championship victory for football or baseball or hockey can bring hope to an entire city, like with what happened with Houston when they got ravaged by the storms and everything. And then there's that championship, and even New Orleans after Katrina, it kind of brought yeah. hope to the entire city. So, in that light, and like you said, there's fandom and comic books. You know, we want to bring that hope and that you know family and camaraderie to all these different causes that we represent. Yeah. So what I, uh, goes to the is Tampa has all the hope right now. <laughs> we'll just grimace. Yeah, I'm like. Mm. Well, I, I mean, they won all the sports this time, so. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm, imagine that they got Brady and they won a football championship, uh, and I. I've always been a Denver – well, since the age of 11, I've been a Denver fan. Prior to that, uh, I was a fan of whatever player I liked at the time for their team. So there's pictures of me with, uh, you know, growing up with like three or four different NFL jackets. Uh, at one time, you know, the Patriots – probably from the first year Grogan played, uh, which was the only year he was any good. And uh, then uh, I became a, I became a huge Lynn Swan fan. So then I was a Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> and uh, now I make fun of all my friends that are uh, Steelers fans, but um, all the new England fans, when they were out of it, all became Tampa Bay fans. But Brady's there. Brady is not New England. <laughs> He's rich because of New England and his arm. 
Uh, and, and the fact that his wife makes 10 times as much money as he does. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I don't blame him for going to Florida. Florida's nicer than Massachusetts now. You know, you're you're on the water, you've got warmer weather, uh, and you just have to be smart enough to make sure that your your patio furniture is that stuff for a dollar ninety-nine from like Walmart or something. So if it blows away during a hurricane, you're like, Oh well, give me ten bucks, I'm going to buy new furniture. And yeah, you know but the weather here and the bugs are always trying to kill you. Well, like we, go, we go from hurricane to the next 10 minutes to 110 degrees and then right back to a hurricane. That, that, that's, because, that's because the bugs down there, Jeremiah, are the size of friggin' pit bulls. <laughs> I, I've seen them. And, and, I, and, I live here. I know. I know. It, it, I'm like, you want to come down here? I'm like, no. I freak out when I see when I see a bug like that big crawling across like my window ledge. And I'm like, I've got this little tennis racket <laughs> zapper thing. This would do nothing in Florida. They would see me coming and they would like break out like something and attack me. And I'm like, you'd like stub, stub the bug's toe or something like that. Yeah. The bugs, the bugs here would hit you with that zapper. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I had to buy those because uh, the town I used to live in before uh, I was in the chair. Um, they had these bugs that were known as stink bugs. And it's because they would buzz around and I, I'm allergic to bees and hornets and, and stingy stuff. And when they fly around, their, their, their wing flap sounds just like, like a hornet or a wasp. So it would scare the crap out of me. So I would grab this and I go, it looks like a beetle. What is that? And then I would kill it. I'd be like, oh, what is that? So yeah. I got I got better at killing them with the tennis racket. So I would like buzz them once. They'd pop up in the air. And then I would catch them. You know, kind of like balancing the tennis ball on a racket. And then I would walk down the hallway, flip it into the toilet and flush. Yeah. Have you ever seen the other things we have here in Florida called cow ants? Cow ants? They are, they're like army ants that are like an inch, inch and a half big, but they're fuzzy and they don't die if you squish them. Like their carapace is so, so thick, you cannot squish them. And if they bite you, it actually like burns your skin. Ew. And should you try to step on one, it will moo like a cow. I think I think we got our next bad guy, the cow <laughs> <Yeah>. ant. <laughs> Watch, someone's gonna start a Kickstarter based on cow ant now. That is, I, that's crazy. Donovan, is is Las Vegas too like dry for big bugs, or you guys got a lot of them? We get uh. The only thing I ever have any issues with in, around in my house would be the cockroaches or the black widows. And I think this year the black widows are winning because I haven't seen any cockroaches. Then we got mean, crickets. We got a lot of crickets. We got a lot of bugs around? What's that, Jeremiah? I said, you mean with all those bodies hidden there in the desert? You ain't got what? all those bugs like, Something's got to eat the bodies, sir. <laughs> the circle of life. 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen The Godfather. I'm not saying nothing. Uh, right. Well, they so, don't. The corporations run us now. They're worse than the mobs ever were. So. Yeah. Well, you know, the government had to get rid of them so they could take over through their through the corporations that are going to do what they tell them. So. <laughs> I I, th I thought the 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 only dead bodies in Vegas were that of the degenerate gamblers that couldn't pay at the end of the day. Those are up in Lake Mead. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> somebody has to feed the natural fish. Right. The carp. <laughs> carp diem at that. Uh, so this is gonna this is gonna be out soon, and people can go to the website and they can still get uh, prior issues of the book. Book they can order there and donate there, and yep. get that. And let me just I'm just gonna scroll up to Pop's old thing and pop that. That is the website right there. Uh, it is also in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us uh and before we sign off i just have to uh break for a quick commercial that's right because we got sponsors and uh here's a sneak peek at mavericks origins volume one now available on indiegogo war is a topic of vital importance subject of inquiry that cannot be ignored. It is a matter of life and death. It can be a road to safety or to ruin. In the alternate version of our world, brought to the brink of total collapse, rival nations fight for global domination and elite pilots in futuristic combat suits wage war on the battlefield of tomorrow now six brave soldiers on a seemingly routine rescue mission will encounter more than they bargained for and uncover a dangerous secret that could change their world if they live long enough to see it That's, it's interesting because I think as comics evolve, I think they're starting to embrace this motion comics kind of genre more, uh, mm -hmm. which might actually help comics compete with anime and, and the manga, you know, relationship that they have. But I, yeah, I saw like a Walking Dead issue number one motion comic years ago and kind of fascinated me. So I think that as time goes on, we'll see more and more either like audio dramas, which are interpretations of comic books along with the uh, artwork or, you know, motion comics entirely. So I think it's a cool genre. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine last year for Christmas gave me uh, 
a Wolverine versus Sabretooth uh, motion comic. Cool. So I know, want the motion comics from the movie Big already. I feel like they've been ripped off. Well, you know. Stupid Tom Haynes. Oh, uh, you know. It is what it is. I hate to say that, but, you know. You know, it, it could be, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a lot going on now. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge uh, uptick in, in the indie comics community. And there's, there's so much of that uh, coming out, like, uh, between, between small press and, and straight-up uh, creator-owned indie comics that once people realize, you know, how big it's gotten, it, it could, you know, that side of it could actually become the mainstream. It could, you know, do a. Do, I could easily see it doing a flip where, you know, indie is the new mainstream. Because, I mean, many, many, many years ago, all the indie, all the indie guy guys are what are, what are basically legends in the in the business now. Uh, Matt Wagner, Mike Grell, uh, Keith Giffen, and loads and loads of other people all started out like in the in the in the 70s and 80s doing you know doing indie stuff you know indie and small press so well i see know. got billy tucci's got his she omnibus coming out or whatever it was that he just started yes, launched last week uh yeah it launched like 60 grand in 12 hours good lord now i found all the issues that are all the issues but one that are in that book, I came across the other day. So I've been going through my collection and moving stuff around. And I've been selling a lot of stuff and, you know, certain things I'm keeping and the rest of just uh, get rid of it, make room. And uh, I, I found just about every single issue from Crusade from, from back in the day. And I also found... Uh, Issue zero and one, two, and three of the original Cyber Frog run. And I'm like, I also found uh, some issues of Too Much Coffee Man as well. But oh, love that. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like, there's too much first printing. Yeah. First printing and also milk and cheese. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, I was, you know, I found the Too Much Coffee Man. I'm like, oh. Where's the milk and cheese? I'm like, I don't think I have, I read those in the store when I worked when I worked at the shop. Like if there was an extra one, I would I would take it go to the counter and read it. But I uh, I never actually bought any of them. Either. I enjoyed those, them, but those books were impossible to track down. You know, collecting back in the '90s, early mm -hmm. '90s. You know, like Bone Jeff Smith trying to find a first printing of the first eight issues was like impossible. And no first printing of milk and cheese and first printing of um. Uh, do you remember Scud? Scud, the disposable assassin. Oh yeah! Oh, I love that book. <laughs> Trying to track down first printings, you could find a fifteenth printing or a twenty-fifth printing, uh, but it was impossible to find a first printing. And and I'd see the book on like our old school newsstand comic shop downtown. I'd start you know shaking and freaking out, and then I'd flip it open to find I was like a hundred and fifteenth printing, and I was really disappointed. <laughs> but, I have a signed Scud first printing somewhere in this house, Jeremiah. Number or one? Joseph, sorry, Jeremiah. 
Uh, no, I don't think it was. Well, it was a long time ago. I don't remember. If it's a number one, but, you're a legend. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a number one. I bumped into uh, – what's the creator's name? Why can't I think of his name? Rob. Uh, all I can think of is the Dragonlance writer, Richard A. Knack, for some reason, and that's not his name. But, yeah, we bumped into him at some convention, and he signed whatever he had on him. But it, it wasn't issue one. I could lie to you and say it was issue one. but it, Rob Schrab. Yeah, I actually uh, – I'm Facebook friends with Rob, and, and about three or four years ago, he was just kind of clearing house. And I guess he had like 100 copies of number three through 12, all first printings that – he had left over and and I almost bought them. I almost pulled the trigger, but I backed off at the last minute and I kind of wish that I didn't. Now, so. Yeah. Cause then you would only have three issues left to go. <laughs> yeah. So maybe one day uh, our, our box of pathway number one will be a collector's item. <laughs> it should be just, we, uh, just, just put the message behind it, you know, <laughs> Jer uh, Jeremiah Donovan, I don't know if you remember, who were we talking to that said that they thought that Pathway or Center Ice would translate well to like a, an animation or a, a cartoon or something? Oh, that was... That was that James? Yeah. James? Yeah. yeah, so if anyone's listening, anyone has some media ties, <laughs> wants to help us make either a motion comic or, you know, a, a cartoon or uh, animated version of Pathway or Center Ice, we'd love to, love to talk to you. Riley Grant, they're see. talking to you. We're ready to sell out for a good cause right now. <laughs> and the price is cheap and affordable. Right. Yeah, we're ready. It's cheap and affordable. And uh, it would they would they would make great cartoons. And you know, how much you know, how much more reach would the would the cause get? Uh, you know. From from a cartoon, I mean, we we grow up watching stuff like "I'm Just a Bill." Yes, I'm only a Bill. Uh, apparently, uh, everything we learned in Schoolhouse Rock are, are now lies because we're told so. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, when 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 I was a kid, Schoolhouse Rock was legendary, and and I know that because. Uh, a good number of years later, they they released a CD with rock bands doing covers of of their classic Saturday morning cartoon songs. I got that CD around here. Well, I love that CD. <laughs> I got I bought that one and the uh, the the Saturday morning cartoons one. Yeah, when Disney Plus put all of the Schoolhouse Rock onto well, when Disney put it all onto Disney Plus. I unfortunately forced my kids to watch it. They weren't as impressed as I was. Unfortunately. Yeah, they should be. Well, what it is is you have you have to make them sit there as you put it on on replay for like twelve <laughs> hours a weekend, and uh, it'll do it'll, chores. It, yeah, it'll it'll sink in. It's like you can do chores all day, or you can watch Schoolhouse Rock all day. Or play the original Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, if you can pry the controller out of my hand. <laughs> Batman, the, the hardest game ever made for the original Nintendo. Oh, God. Hey, every game for the original Nintendo was hard for me. It's like, how, how can you not have finished Super Mario Brothers? I go, because I'm not that bright. 
and uh, my eyes work fine, but my hands don't coordinate very well with it. Which I Batman was a pain in the up. in the butt. Yeah. At least you know, get into the Joker. <laughs> oh, now you're bringing back memories. <laughs> then Battle Toads. What was Battle Toads on? That was the original Nintendo, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And Super. I think that was my first. I think that was my first grounding for cussing. <laughs> did they cuss in that one? No, no but I he did. <laughs> yeah, that that one that one is that game has got to be nigh impossible. <laughs> I mean, you can always try beating the EP game. Not <laughs> the Atari one. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I uh, I was just I was just watching. I just watched that movie the other day. It's it's up on uh, I think like Tubi. Huh. You gotta love a game that is literally impossible to beat because some coder put a decimal point in the wrong place. Or or even or even worse. Uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back for Atari, <laughs> which you found out many years later, was you will never get back to the base. It's just it's just a rotating cycle of walkers. I'm like, My youngest son was watching a video, a YouTube video of, of a playthrough of... Uh, Oh, I just lost it. You were saying when you said Empire Strikes Back, the 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 Don Bluth animated one, Dragon, not Dragon, oh, Dragon's Lair, Dragon's yeah. Lair, and the the comment commentator, whoever he was watching, was like, "This is a hard game." And my nine year old's like, "That game can't be that hard." I'm like, Tristan, one, it was fifty cents a pop, and two, you literally died the minute those two quarters dropped in. You know, I don't. There's no game that is anymore that's as hard as that. That that game, ugh. small fortunes were lost. By children remember, in that in arcade I remember, back in I the day. I remember buying that on a couple of different systems. I remember uh, the uh, the Sega what was it the Sega Master System used to have like the the upgrade to that uh, where they had like like the live video uh, some of the, like the live video games that I thought were like really cool like they had the firefighter game. And you mm -hmm. had to do everything just right, or you would just uh, burn for all eternity. I'm like, well, my mother told me I was gonna anyhow, so you know. Um, but they they had they had that for that, and I had it like on a couple of different things, and one of them was just uh, you could put it into your DVD player and just play it with the remote for your DVD. Uh, I I think I enjoyed just the straight cartoon version better because. Uh, you know, it didn't cost me, you know, uh, an entire summer's worth of allowance to play it. And uh, I, I, well, it was less stress it. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you got you the whole story it. without the stress. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I remember when people used to sit back and, and, and like record themselves playing a game from like start to end after they've played like the same game, like, played through like five or six different times they would hook up everything to record it and you know share it out and everything and be like you know who knew that you know now all our kids would be sitting in front of a youtube channel uh well they have like a brand new like xbox one and ps5 uh that are gathering dust as they just sit and watch 
other people play games on those systems on a YouTube channel. So you know what the best way to punish a kid nowadays is, especially a gamer kid? You hand them an old Nintendo with Paperboy and the action pad, turn off all the Wi-Fi in the house and take their phone and tell them they can have it back when they beat it. Because now they have to exercise to beat it, got no cheat codes, no way of Googling how to do it, you know, play games like we had to do. Well, the, the biggest threat to my daughter, because all she, all she wants to do is user user app program, but she wants to be online at the same time, is, uh, yeah, I, I just changed the password for the Wi-Fi. Well, what's the, new pa- what's the new password? I go, I'm not telling you. You haven't cleaned your room. I was watching TikTok yesterday. It was, it was something like that. Like, the kid came up and said, Mom, did you change the password? She goes, yeah. What is it? And she responds with, read a book first. And he goes and he reads the book. He came back. He's like, Mom, I read the book. What's the password? She goes, it's read a book first, lowercase r. Like, that is the password. <laughs> I, I saw I saw one like that, but it was uh, wash my car. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm still in it right now. By by all means, you you should uh, you all should because uh, I think uh, Jeremiah and Donovan definitely have more kids than me because I only have one. I I I stopped. I'm like. Okay, that's it. My job's done. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep going. Any more kids, I won't be able to buy comics. I want to make sure I had spare parts for whatever was coming down the road for me. Fair. I need Donovan. someone to take care of a small zoo at our house. That's what it was. Donovan's growing his clone factory. When my liver goes, I wanna know I have one standing by. You're going to make him draw straws and just be like, oh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you guys give out uh, any plugs you need to give out and uh, where people can can follow you and definitely keep up to date with everything you guys are are doing for, uh, for these great causes. Uh, well, for me, they can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pathway CF Superhero. Um, I pretty much post stuff on there as much as I can and try to keep, like, do lives when I can from conventions and events and stuff like that. Donovan? I'm on, uh, I'm on all of them, too. Uh, the one I use most is Facebook. I post whatever's coming along, commissions, uh, what I can show when Joseph says I can show stuff that I'm working with him. Um, once in a while I do stuff for plot twist publishing. Like I said, for Eric Cooper over at black label comic con. Yeah. Just my, my name on Instagram or on, uh, Facebook, Donovan Peterson. Very good. And Joseph, I know where to find you cause you, you ask me stuff not related to the, to the subject at this evening. Well, first of all, I wanted to thank the entire team. Uh, behind Heroes for Causes and, and all of our charity partners um, from Kieran, the inker, uh, February, the colorist, um, Katrina, our uh, copy editor, Mike, our developmental editor, um, and Robin, our, our letter. Um, the list goes on and on. And, and these goons over here, 
um, you know, the, the team wouldn't be or the project's going to be what they are without everyone's, you know, hard work and effort and, and love behind the project. So, and then also with the ACS, you know, our, our charitable partner, uh, uh, Laura and Sarah over at the ACS, and then uh, the Herman family that, um, you know, they were gracious enough to be the inspiration behind the book. So we just hope that it touches people. Um, and if they want to learn more about uh, future projects that we have going on or to help us fund a, the second issue of Pathway, it's heroesforcauses.com and then Heroes for Causes on all social, on all social as well. Very good. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Uh, it's been It's been fun as always. Hopefully it won't be another year before you come back out and uh, and talk to us again about, you know, anything going on, uh, convention news, uh, and definitely let me know uh, when this issue is coming out because I love me some hockey, even if my team's not playing. <laughs> you know. Thanks for having us. But, uh, we appreciate you having us. Thank, yeah, thanks thanks once again, and uh, we'll be talking to everybody soon, and uh, everybody have a great night, and uh, keep an ear out, because this will be up, available to download anywhere you get your podcasts later on tonight. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Take care, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye.